access, I think, has continued to be an area of opportunity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to HIMSCast. My name is Andrea Fox, and I'm Senior Editor of Healthcare IT News, a HIMSS media publication. I'm here today with Dr. Adrian Boise, Qualtrics Chief Medical Officer and Staff Neurologist at the Cleveland Clinic, and Alpa Viaz, Vice President and Chief Patient Experience Officer at Stanford Healthcare. Catering to patients has long been both a pillar and strategic imperative for the Bay Area Health System. All the way back at the Digital Hymns 2020, Stanford Health shared how their process of gathering data about patient perceptions and relaying it back to different departments helped to cultivate a culture of critical and creative thinking about complex patient experience challenges. Today, we are going to dive into use of experience management technology to capture patient concerns and listen across multiple channels. Welcome to HIMSCast, Adrian and Alpha. It's great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. Good morning. Thanks for having me as well. So, Adrian, welcome back. We've had you on Hims TV before. Alba, it's really nice to beat you. Um, I usually start with an icebreaker. So um, I thought for the two of you, you could share with us how long you've been working together and what are some of your recent aha patient engagement moments. Alba, are you going first? Sure, I will. Um, what a great question. Um, so I think Adrian and I have been working together in the patient experience world uh, together for almost probably a decade, Adrian. Um, and through our mutual um, roles in our various health systems as experienced leaders, and now in this new way, um, through uh, the relationship that Stanford Healthcare and Qualtrics has uh, in terms of um, really being our um, platform by which we uh, gather and uh, generate insights from uh, patient uh, feedback. So uh, we've had the pleasure, I think, of knowing each other for quite some time, and it's a great partnership. It's only getting better. It's like fine wine, Alba. <laughs> so, yes. I like uh, that analogy. <laughs> in my prior role as a chief experience officer at the Cleveland Clinic, I had the pleasure of working with Alba. She's, as you know, an international thought leader in the space. It's really a privilege. Uh, and now to be connected with her through Qualtrics and the work we've done together, super exciting. Um, if I had to share a patient engagement, uh-huh, I guess I would say, you know, I recently did, I'm still a practicing neurologist taking care of patients with multiple sclerosis, and I recently did Saturday clinic uh, to enhance access for patients. And sometimes you never know what you're going to get on a Saturday clinic. And it wasn't extraordinarily digital, but what was so amazing was that at least half the patients came from out of state to have a visit with me as a consultation for second opinion around multiple sclerosis. And one of them traveled from Mississippi on a, on a Saturday to see me for an hour. And it just sort of made this indelible impression upon me, like despite all the gadgets and tools and virtual and apps and all the things that we have, here's a guy getting on a plane with his daughter because he has never met his physician and wanting to sit in front of a doc. And it was just about the power of access. Um, and when he left, he gave me a big hug and just said, thanks for working on a Saturday. And I I was really touched by it. We were both like wound up in tears and I said goodbye. And I, that was a recent one for me that sort of hit me in the heart. Yeah, that's uh, 
pretty amazing, actually. I was just going to add on, Andrea, uh, to build on what um, Adrian shared. I think some of the many ahas, especially in the, I guess, what we would call the um, post-pandemic or endemic phase of um, COVID and lots of lessons learned, I think, for health systems um, and the use of technology and creating connection and engagement with patients and families. Um, and maybe just to build on what Adrian said, access, I think, has continued to be an area of opportunity for health systems um, like Stanford Healthcare and so many others. Um, and so how do we more creatively think about um, leveraging technology to create better access? And yes, video visits, I think, um, are definitely a part of that equation, but actually even pushing ourselves to think differently about the even the definition of access. Um, and what does access really mean to patients and families? Um, not that it has to be in-person or synchronous uh, delivery of um, care or medical advice, but it could be asynchronous in the background, leveraging technology. And there's all sorts of interesting uh, things that, uh, that we're thinking about. Um, and then um, just really around that whole coordination of care. Um, I think that's a really big um, opportunity, especially as um, patients uh, develop more complex or chronic uh, conditions. How do we all stay in alignment um, in treating uh, that whole patient? And how do we leverage uh, tools and techniques that we have available to us to do a better job? So um, speaking of patient, uh, patient opinions, uh, tell us a little bit about the Complaints and Grievances platform and what improvements have you seen? Thank you for that question. And I will definitely start by offering up, I think, the, the what I would call pure joy and excitement. It's kind of hard to talk about joy and excitement when you're thinking about patient complaints and grievances, but our team was just so thrilled um, to um, partner with Qualtrics in developing um, a new platform for our team to be able to, I think, most effectively um, really take in the information that was being provided by patients or family members, being able to process it um, in a more streamlined fashion. Our previous way of handling patient uh, complaints and grievances um, was a, a very fractured uh, workflow, um, as I might describe it best. Multiple systems, um, our team members having um, to go in and out of multiple systems, that of course can lead to errors or um, um, additional work. Um, and so really thinking about if patient complaints and grievances is another form of feedback that we're collecting, why not use our patient feedback um, platform to help us capture that information? Um, and so really kind of thinking about that, uh, about our Qualtrics platform as our repository for um, all of that great feedback, uh, we um, as I mentioned, worked with Qualtrics to design um, this new uh, workflow. And for our team, what it did was really minimize uh, the number of steps in their process. And what was amazing is the ability for the system to produce the data and the information they needed at their fingertips as they were working with clinical and operational teams um, to respond to patients in uh, the most timely way. And so by freeing up time um, for our frontline staff, it really um, enabled them to have uh, deeper conversations, create um, uh, more um, 
uh, I think, fulfilling responses uh, to patients and families um, who are sharing their opinions and feedback uh, with us. Well, I, I, it's probably important to maybe back up even and just highlight uh, that in the medical world, we don't talk about it often enough. So I'm really glad you're giving it attention because complaints, we talk all about patient experience. Like it gets, it gets the buzzword bingo sort of award. But the problem is that complaints and grievances are a huge part of the experience of our patients and our people, quite frankly. And so, um, you know, in order to participate in many of the regulated programs, healthcare organizations have to have a process to resolve complaints and grievances. And complaints are uh, defined as issues that can come up. Usually, if they can't, if they can be resolved within six to eight hours, they're called a complaint. And if they become a grievance, if it's written in any form, or if it can't be resolved at the point of service, and hospitals have to have a way to manage and and respond to grievances within about seven days. So this is like a requirement that also we don't talk about enough. And so you know how much I love this concept of empathy operationalized, right? Thinking about what does it take for someone to sit down at their computer or type or handwrite a letter about their experience? You either had an amazing impression on that human being in a good way or in a really not so great way. And the richness of that data is just something we haven't even listened to before in a meaningful way when we talk omni-channel, right? Omni-channel still includes handwritten letters, I would submit. And so Stanford and Alpa, particularly in early, it's been so exciting to have an experienced leader like Alpa sort of say, you know what, omni-channel means this stuff too, uh, and think about how can we not just listen differently to the content of those letters and collect the information through technology-enabled ticketing and collection? How can we drive workflow efficiency around it so that we can distribute work evenly across managers so that they're not, you know, we don't have the one good one handling 38 cases and others taking on two, um, which I think, you know, with all the focus on quality, safety, and experience, this is how we take bring high reliability in part to complaints and grievances um, like we do for quality and safety. And it also amplifies the intent. Everybody's talking about emotional harm is harm, right? There's lots of articles written about this recently, that emotional harm should be the equivalent of a medical error or a serious safety event. And so I think this takes it to the next level in terms of really amplifying efforts and more deeply understanding the emotion and some of the harm that we can evoke in healthcare. Um, you bring up some interesting points, and I was just going to ask, how does the patient engagement team collaborate with both the clinical and technical teams to make all that happen? Yes, um, great question. And I think it's an ever evolving process. And again, maybe just to build on what Adrian was saying, it, it's one thing to capture the information, but then what do we do with it, right? Um, we do have a obligation to respond um, to patients and their responses. So we certainly want to engage appropriately with uh, clinical and operational uh, teams. The system actually allows us to do that in a more streamlined way because we do have um, that information in one place and the workflows make that much easier. 
And really, it's about um, outreach to the um, operational and clinical leaders to assess that um, situation. Um, you know, our uh, patient relations team, um, we are neutral. Um, we're, we're the neutral party um, that tries to um, collect information from both sides um, and help articulate a response on behalf of um, the organization and actually being able to streamline that workflow, as I mentioned before, actually enables them to have um, more focused conversations, right? And then um, uh, take that time uh, to craft the response um, back to the patient. I think um, the other thing that I would point out about the information and the data that we receive and now the reporting capabilities that we have, being able to provide that information in aggregate um, so there's kind of managing case by case, but then when you aggregate that data, we on a monthly basis can share that um, with the respective um, clinical and operational leaders to say, hey, here's some trends that we're seeing. Um, and that then becomes a part of our improvement um, efforts in that particular area. Adrian talked about high reliability and quality and patient safety and our focus on improving and creating the right environment and culture. Um, and part of that is uh, having that improvement mindset. So the information that we're collecting shouldn't just sit in the platform, right? We have to take some action on it. And so um, partnering with Qualtrics to do this has helped us get to greater granularity of data so we can feed that information back um, to the um, clinical and operational leaders. It was a very manual process um, prior um, to adopting the platform. Yeah, I was just going to ask, um, you know, this is another thing on providers and administrators' plates, right? So um, manual would have been very cumbersome. So what are some of Stanford's biggest patient engagement challenges and how does the platform sort of streamline the efficiency of the information you want to provide them? Yeah, I think the most exciting thing is our ability to, um, as I mentioned, bring all levels of feedback into one platform. So we have our survey responses that we bring forward, now our complaints and grievances, and we're also working on bringing some of the other unstructured data um, that lives in the um ether of our environment. Um, so patients are constantly providing us feedback, maybe not in the form of a formal complaint or grievance or in a survey, but they're providing us feedback in other ways. Um, and whether it's through a phone call, a message, uh, through our portal. So we're really excited about the potential of bringing all of that data forward um, and then really being able to, um, again, uh, create the one set of generalized insights that we can provide back to um, operational and clinical leaders, but then really taking um, a step forward in understanding from a individual patient perspective, what their longitudinal experience um, has been like um, in their interactions with uh, the health system. So one, just being able to have all of that data in one place is a huge step forward. Being able to um, look at uh, data from different sources um, and drive insights um, from those data, second big win. And then I think where we want to go in the future is as we're bringing the data together, generating the insights, what is the more predictive actions that we can take um, to actually prevent a um, service issue from occurring 
in the first place. And so that's really where I think uh, we see the potential um, of the platform, or at least how we would like to continue to um, evolve our use. Adrian, I was going to say, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, burnout and... I mean, think about it, just like you highlighted, even the way you said it, right, was like, this is complaints and grievances, right? Like, it's supposed to be a dark, dark space that's really hard to work in. Um, And the truth is, right, it's strong emotion and um, that fuel complaints and grievances. And it's really hard work, honestly. Like, I want to send out huge love to everyone who works around the globe to resolve patient complaints and grievances because it's it's delicate, hard work, and it's time-intensive, as you mentioned, to go and understand the issues from all the parties and come up with a cohesive response. And I think um, I want to make a couple points around that. So, so if we take a look at data, um, we know that a third of patients uh, skip getting care at all because they have because of how they're treated in healthcare right? We also know that when you look at, we looked at, we published a few years ago, um, a severity rating for emotional harm and complaints and grievances. And when we, in my role previously at the Cleveland Clinic, when we had looked at all of a year's worth of complaints and grievances, the vast majority are about communication. (laughs) This is a resounding theme of complaints and grievances. So cross signals, miss signals, you know, whatever signals. And I think this can be resolved, right? We also know that if we have the opportunity to resolve complaints and grievances well, particularly around communication, we can either create a beautiful cycle of gratitude. Um, one thing we were we had been experimenting in that space was actually writing not just with the letter that addresses the mitigation of the concerns, but a gratitude note personally written by the patient relations person to say, Thank you for making us better. I really enjoyed working with you. And then we would get a gratitude letter back saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe you thanked me for complaining about it. <laughs> like, how cool is that? That you can completely change the paradigm. And on the other side, um, uh, if you it isn't resolved effectively, right? Number one cause of lawsuits in healthcare is about poor communication. So again, in when you talk about costs, right, or can we really avoid the costs? I think that's part of the value equation. I want to highlight when we're thinking about efficiency, we all know administrative burden is probably the most not, the in in the face uh, driver of burnout for clinicians and healthcare employees alike. And I think we have to get the stupid stuff like the navigating four different systems like Alpa described or timestamp ticketing and automating workflows, stuff that tech can do, my gosh, like let's go do it. And this is a perfect example of that. There's technology to solve this problem. Let's do it so we can preserve humans for the most precious things. Um, And it, it takes innovators like Alpa, to be honest, to push that forward in an organization be like, oh, we can, we can make that better. Um, and we just have the privilege of of amplifying that vision, quite honestly. Um, so I think it it could be burnout if we keep doing it the same way it's always been done. But I, I'm more hopeful that if organizations adapt this and include it into an engagement strategy, a digital strategy, an experience strategy, we can actually double down on a culture of gratitude and appreciation in new, fresh ways and Um, that gets me excited about the future. Excellent. 
Well, thanks again for joining us today. And thanks to our audience for listening to this episode of HIMSCast. We encourage you to rate and review us. And if you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Thanks again and have a great day.